I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And welcome along to the VMTV Rugby Pod, another episode. And all eyes are set on Twickenham this weekend, Alan. Ireland v England, teams just announced. What do you make of it, Alan? A couple of changes. Who's the big standout there? Is Peter Manny coming into the back row? What's your thoughts on it all? Um, yeah, it's a strong Irish side. Obviously, you're missing um, you're missing Ronan Keller and Andrew Porter, who... Um, you know, they're lost to this Irish side. I think their footballing ability, um, their presence, their aggression around the field is always a loss to a team. And that's uh, the nature of the business throughout the Six Nations. You hope to get through without injuries. But I suppose Peter O'Mahony, and I heard Andy Farrell saying that he's a big leader. Um, he's an emotional kind of player and he's a lot of experience. And my thoughts on his selection are, I think he has a history of, of messing England's Ireland England's lineout up. Um, it gives Ireland obviously that you know that quality of his his ability to win the ball in the lineout, his his movement, his presence there. And Matt will notice as a coach. Um, I keep saying that all the time, re- re- referring to him as a coach. But if you want to attack in your back line in particular, you know, you want to try and win the ball towards the middle and tail of the lineup. Now, Mahoney gives you a real good option. It's very, very rare that, you know, a ball is thrown to him, even when the opposition know that and that they can steal it off him because he's uh, he's so agile, he gets up so early and he's he's a bit of a line-out disciple, which um, that's what he gives him this week. It's a, probably harsh on Jack Conan, given where he has been in the last 12 months. Um, I know he didn't start against Italy, Um but you have the impact of him off the bench, which which is kind of an added bonus, I think. And um, sometimes it's just small tactical things that these these selections are made for made uh, made on and based on. And I think the lineout is a big advantage there for for Peter O'Mahony. Matt, do you agree with Alan? Would you have selected Peter O'Mahony, or is it horse on Jack Conan? Uh, I was surprised Peter was selected. I think he's he's been fantastic off the bench for Ireland. I've uh, got to give Peter a lot of credit. I thought he was finished probably 18 months ago. I thought we'd, we'd seen the end of him, and he's, he he just keeps fighting and fighting and fighting like the champion he is. Uh, but I was surprised at his selection. I think it is on two fronts. I think it, it's around the line-out and everything Quinny said there because we've got to remember the, the line-out really didn't function against France. France did it for the first time in Paul O'Connell's time in charge. France did a job on the Irish line-out. No one's done that to uh, to Ireland while Paul's been in charge. And I think a lot of the other countries would have learned a lot about what to do 
to Ireland to shut down their line-out because Ireland really used that that uh, platform as a launch for so much of their plays. And if you can shut down Ireland's line-out, you, you take off a huge chunk of their go-forward. So Puda's been brought in, in my opinion, to, to uh, shore that up. I also think he might be there for another reason, which is to give a bit of dog around this, to, to the English halves. There's two young halves, and, you know, if you can make their life hell, if you can chat away at them, sledge them, push them, tug them, put them to the ground, make them play deep and pass early, you, it's going to cause England problems. The English back line has not functioned. So I think Peter's – he hasn't got 80 minutes anymore. At the end of that Italy game, he was noticeably, noticeably fatiguing. And, again, not a criticism. He hasn't played 80 minutes of Test Match Rugby for a long, long time. So I think Peter's got 50 minutes in him, and then we'll see what they do after that. But I think that the, those two factors are why he's there. Now, I, I wouldn't have picked it, but I've got to say this about Andy Farrell. He's got his selection right. Since November to today, he's got every selection he's made has been absolutely spot on. So I think we've got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Even though there are some surprises for us, he, he has made the right choices in the past. So be, we, we'll, let's back the coach and let's see where it ends up. But you know, I, I was surprised personally. If I could say, um, Matt, as well, that to be fair to Peter O'Mahony, he's actually played really, really well for Munster this year yeah, in has. the games he's played. And I watched this from the very start of the season. Um, the Sharks, the Stormers, first two games, he was one of the standout players that hit the ground running this season. And I think every game he's played for Munster this year, he's had uh, a big impact. I think he's improved his game. His ball handling has been better. His ability and awareness to make some passes. Um, and I think we saw one, that once or twice. Um, we saw that little inside pass against Italy that led to Joey Carberry's try. So... Um, They've obviously seen stuff in training, and this this doesn't make Ireland weaker. I think no. Jack Conan's biggest str- strength is obviously his athleticism out in the wider channels and just the form he's been in the last year. I think he's been brilliant. Peter gives more uh, in other areas, i.e. the line-out breakdown, and I think he's improved his his uh, ball-handling ability. So he's, his form has been really good. So when we say we're surprised... Um, we probably shouldn't be that surprised because um, I've no doubt he's he's well capable of going there and he's delivered many times for Ireland. Um, Matt made the point he hasn't played uh, that many games for Ireland in recent times. I think it's his ninth start under since Andy Farrell took over, which um, he's been been ever present. But um, so it's it's a, it's a surprise in the sense that. Um, Conan, I thought Doris and Van der Fleer, their performances in November kind of accelerated them to a different level. But um, it's no harm that it's uh, at times everyone has to stay on their toes and deliver at a high level. And I think Peter Manny will be a nuisance for England on, on, on Saturday. And that'll be a, another part of, of what they want him to try and do. Alan, if I just stay with you there, you touched on there at the end, a nuisance for England. If you're Marcus Smith, you know, a guy who is trying to lead that back line, not quite functioning at the moment, but Omani's going to want to disrupt him and he probably is the man to do that. Um, I wouldn't say... It, it's harder for the six to get there, you know. I think Josh van der Fleer, particularly off probably line-out, um, 
you know, off face play. It depends. It can be anyone. You know, Bundyaki will try and run down his channel. And I think a big mistake that teams make is they think you can run after a fly half and catch him and you get bogged down in that. The best way to engage a fly half and, and put pressure on them is run at them, um, make them tackle, get into that channel. Um, so from a ball point of ball carrying point of view, I think that's what you want to do. Of course, if if he steps back inside, you want to make sure that um, you can have egg in your face a little bit sometimes when you run up trying to smash a stepper and Marcus Smith is a stepper. So they've got to be careful. And I think rather than at any stage trying to shoot out of the line on your own to 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 try and put a big tackle name is risky because he can't step and his evasion is very good. So, but I think in general, it's just that presence, that aggression. Matt mentioned it, a bit of doggedness. They'll need it. You know, I think we all have to be very, very careful here um, because there's plenty of optimism and expectation, but we've lost, uh, you know, bar we won the game in the Viva last year. The previous four games that we lost to England, we were bullied, we were manhandled, we were frustrated, we made lots of mistakes. Um, they won't forget that. Their personnel are a little bit different. I think the Vunapola brothers add to that um, their physical presence uh, to Alangi is a big has been a big part of that but they still have laws Itoje, Sinclair, Jamie George, uh, Ellis Genge is very very physical so uh, we still should be very very aware we're not going to go to the Twickenham and just manhandle them I think we've got to play really intelligent rugby and part of the question you asked you there is you start running around trying to get Marcus Smith um, you forget your job you make a mistake Best way, carry the ball, go into that channel. And I think Wales did that so effectively in the second half the last day. So, um, But, of course, if Van der Fleer can fly off the line out and, and get him in contact, yes, get in his face. And Sexton will be leading that line up. That's what he'll want to do as well, get in his face and force him into throwing a loopy pass or, or forcing something a little bit. Yeah, elsewhere in the selection, Matt, if we go out the backs... James Lowe, big afternoon for him. He gets a start. Mike Hansen drops out. I've talked talked to you before in the past. You've been critical of James Lowe, but you've also said last six months or last year, he's really come on defensively. So it is a big afternoon for him, Matt, and a big chance as well. I, I think Lowe's, to his credit, has lifted his game since he was included last year and we saw him make mistakes in the Six Nations last year. You know, But it, it's a great thing about Andy Farrell was he obviously sent Lowe away and said, look, mate, this is what you've got to work at. And James, is, being the personality, has gone back to Leinster, has worked at it, and then when he's been given the opportunity back in the Irish team, he's done very well. Um, and probably the, the defensive system has been modified a little bit. I've got to say they're defending better on the fringes than they were in the Six Nations last year, where, where I, I think the system also exposed Lowe, where they were just constantly jamming in and, and it just wasn't working all the time. Um, so I think Lowe's left foot gets Ireland out of their 22 on that left-hand side of the field. And that's so important against a team like England. And if you look, because if you look at that back line England pick, like that doesn't scare me at all, that back line. Now, you you put you put uh, Tuolagi in there, you put Farrell at 12, you put Johnny May on one wing and Watson on the other wing. I'm starting to get a little bit more worried. This is definitely the England second 15 in the three-quarter line. Now, 
um, that that might be a little bit harsh, but but you would think that that is the the the, the, the three quarter line that's out as a number one side. But what Smith has very done very well is kick off the two and kick out of hand, and they did some very good 50-22 kicks against Wales. So that means you're going to be pinned in your own 22. So you've got to have a pretty strong strategy to get out of that area because you make a mistake there, Smith's going to kick three points. I think Marcus Smith's attack has been poor. Ball in hand, I think he's been really poor against the Celts. Let's forget Italy. Everyone's good against Italy. They're ranked 14th in the world. Against the big boys, he hasn't been great, but he has kicked very well. And I expect the English game plan to, to revert right back to the 1950s and they're just going to play a really basic kick, a harass game plan, a bit along the lines of what they did at, at uh, uh, the Aviva in 2019. So I think I think he's definitely, uh, as in James Lowe, is definitely there strategically. I thought they could have picked Hanson on the other wing, but then it would have been tough on Conway. So whoever you left out on that right wing, they could they could feel hardly done by but isn't that a great position for Irish rugby? It's like, it's like we were talking about Peter Romani. Whoever you left out of that back row or, or that tight five, you know, Hen- uh, Henderson deserves to start. They all, they're all putting their hand up, but that's really good for the, for the team that they've got these choices. Pressure on Conway to perform because if he doesn't, Hanson will come in and take his spot for the last game. Again, that's a really healthy choice. And I throw the other one in there. You know, I think Bundiaki has improved out of sight over the last couple of years and is... Um, currently in front of Robbie Henshaw, even though the end of the lines to a Robbie I thought was one of the best inside centres in the world. Robbie hasn't had the same game time this year. So I think I think there's some some really valid arguments for all the selections. And again, that's where we come back to the whole theory. The coach knows best. The coach is with him all day, every day. He's at training. He's seeing what's going on. And they've obviously got a game plan for England. And they need some revenge against England for all the reasons Quinny said. Been manhandled far too long. It's time to do some handling back. Yeah, big words there from Matt. Um, do you think, you know, does this England backline scare you at all? What are you making them in their couple of games? You know, a couple of wins, they obviously lost to Scotland. They're not quite hitting the heights, are they? They're not, and I think they know that. And um, it's it's a, it's surprising, I think. Owen Farrell is a loss. Um, I think, look, you know, we talk about the effectiveness of, of Johnny Sexton and and the way he's kind of reinvigorated himself and, and shown his quality and, and that level of that presence that he has um, in whatever team he plays in. Farrell is like that for England. He's Albeit he's younger, much younger, but he has that steely presence, that resilience, that drive. And I think they miss him a little bit, even to play him as a 12. Um, they're playing Henry Slater, who's a very good player. And Joe Marchand is back in there now. They've, they've tried Elliot Daly a couple of times, you know, um, so they're down on centres, which is very surprising. I know Manitoulangi isn't isn't available, um, but they just seem to be, you know, down on players in that position. Um, lots of back three players, but um, and it's an area that, dare I say, it wouldn't uh, you know wouldn't wouldn't make you nervous or fearful of a side that would have had you know Farrell and Tuolangi in the centre, which we've seen a couple of times in the last number of years. Um, but it is what it is. They're still very good footballers. Um, they're probably still trying to gel. He's had no continuity in, in selection. You know, this is, again, a change of the centre partnership again. Elliot Daly played there the last day. I think um, did Marchand play there in, in Twickenham or in, in Murrayfield. 
I know maybe Daly played in Murrayfield again and Martian was on the wing, but there's a bit of chopping and changing there. They're still trying to find their feet. Um, pretty much a, a very inexperienced out half, a very talented one. So they are building a little bit. Um, there's a different sort of pressure to to uh, to where they're at at the moment. But you you got to say Ireland will be disappointed if they don't go to Twickenham and win this game. Um, that's not to say they will and it's going to be easy, but I think they should be expecting to to, to go there and at least make it, you know, be, they, they're capable of being a dominant side there. England are going to be very, very dangerous. And Joe uh, Joe Marler said it this week, you know, their, their whole mood around their camp this week is totally different. Um, he was referencing cracking a few jokes at breakfast. Nobody was laughing at his gags or his jokes this week because they know, England know that this is a good Irish side going there. Um, is there a few vulnerabilities and frailties in the Irish squad? Maybe a few. Um, the physical side of of what happened in Paris, England will try and do the same. And they look at that and say, we can smash Ireland here, stop their flow, get in their faces. Um, maybe we can unsettle them. Uh, but we haven't seen that spark from England that we 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 know we you know we've seen in recent years. And they're still trying to find that. Let's hope they don't find it this Saturday. <laughs> Yeah, let's hope they don't as well. Matt, what do you make of Eddie Jones's comments? You know, the usual Ireland are red hot favourites as a former coach. What do you think of that? Uh, you know, as I say, with Eddie's hands doing up here, his other hands picking your pocket. He's just he's just distracting you. You know, a couple of years ago I was a scummy Irish. Now the best in the world. Like Ed, Eddie's just distracting people from the English problem. That's what he does at press conference. Brilliantly, he's like a politician. Doesn't matter what the question is, he'll give you something else. And if we think back to the World Cup semi-final, what was his strategy at the World Cup semi-final against New Zealand? He kept saying, "Mate, New Zealand are favourites. You know <laughs> that 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 pressure. It's going to get up and chase them down the road like a dog. You know." And he's very funny, and he gets everyone talking. All of a sudden, they're talking about New Zealand and pressure instead of talking about his English team. And that's exactly what he's done this week. Oh, one of the best, you know, best in the Northern Hemisphere or best team in the competition. They've got continuity. Nothing about the problems England have. So while while Eddie's saying that, I, I'd be you know totally ignoring it and saying to my team, right, it, it, all the things that Quinny just said, let's just get our line speed up and make Marcus Smith play D. Make him pass early. We mightn't touch him all day, but make him play D. Because that's what he's done against Scotland and Wales. And when they play D, they're easy pickings. All they got is a kicking game. They can't run against Wales at Twickenham. All they, the only reason they could score a try was from a bad throw by Wales. They had as much penetration as a wet paper bag thrown against a brick wall. They were poor. They were really poor. So all Eddie's doing is distracting everyone from how poor their go forward is with the ball in hand. Marcus Smith kicking game off the tee was superb. Don't get me wrong. If you make a mistake, that's three points. But he is distracting everyone from what that is. And if Ireland have got any sense, you don't let Marcus Smith step you, as Quinny just said, but you pressure him deep. And, and he's a young guy. He's, he's still learning his trade at the international level. The holes that are there for him in the, in the premiership are just not there against the top international sides in the world. So you can't throw a dummy and go straight through a hole because he gets clobbered. So what he's doing is getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And they play worse when they do that. He's got to do the opposite. It's what Sexton does, play flat. So all of this is just a distraction for Eddie. 
And you know what? The Irish team have been there enough. This just going to be. It's just going to be water off a duck's back. They're going to twig them. It's a tough joint to go to. It's a hard joint to go to, and they're, they're not going to be distracted by um, by Eddie's uh, jazz hands and what he's saying and doing. Yeah, and is it too obvious? Is it too obvious, Matt, to say whoever wins the game line wins this match? Yeah, I, I, I think if you look back to the French game. Ireland really only won the game line and imposed their running game on France for the first 10 minutes of the second half. And in that time, they scored two tries. So we know uh, since, since 2019, <coughs> England's theory is fast line speed, catch them behind the game line, which is what France did. But they're not going to be able to do it for the 80. So if Ireland can get 20 to 25 minutes in of their game plan, I think they'll score enough points to win that game. As long as they don't give away a lot of kickable penalties, it's, their discipline is going to be important because Smith can kick the goals like he's kicking impeccably at the moment. So that so they don't have to win the game line the whole game, but there has to be a period of that game where they do. And if they can and they get that go forward moving, they, there will be opportunities for them. And it's the old story of Twickenham. When the opportunity comes, uh, or not just Twickenham but anywhere away from home, the opportunity comes, you've got to grab it. If we think back to the French game, they had that. Uh, 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 we had the the 50-22 kick by Byrne. It was a, it was a line out seven meters out. There's your opportunity. And if they had caught that ball, they might have scored. And of course, the the ball was thrown in the tail. That Ireland lost the ball. So there's your opportunity missed. That's that's the fine lines when you're away from home. So when their opportunities come, they've got to grab them. And there will be opportunities. From, from an, an English side that'll be dogged, but it's not the best English side I've seen in the last five years. I do think, though, Matt, um, Ireland have got to be very, very conscious and aware of that pressure they're going to be put under from England. Yeah. They, and you know, as a, as a coach yourself, if you're coaching a team who still a few question marks about this English team, one significant win can change the perception of your team. It can build your confidence to a level... And I think possibly this English team are kind of that one win away from changing the perception. Suddenly, they and they believe themselves, and this is what Eddie Jones will want to believe, they beat Ireland at the weekend. They're suddenly going to Paris with their chests out a little bit and throwing caution to the wind a little bit and maybe go there and do something special. Lose to Ireland, you know, Paris then is, for me, and this is... This is, this is um, the danger for Eddie Jones, you go to, you lose to Ireland, you go to Paris and you get a wallop in there. The pressure on him to continue as head coach is going to ramp up because there is a few question marks at the moment. So um, very, very risky business for us and for Ireland to get any way complacent here. Um, oh. It's really important because I tell you, if I was in the English squad, there's, there's still a very, very, very good side there. You know, Simmons is a brilliant player. Tom Curry, world-class Toja, Sinclair, Ellis Gange, these guys, they're they're gonna make it make it hell for Ireland. But Ireland have got to impose themselves and deal with the pressure points in the game when they're under pressure, when England have them on the rack, keep their discipline and um just be really, really steely in about what they go about because Ireland lose this game, then are we looking at a really poor six nations? Possibly. So there's a lot on the line for both teams here. Um, it's a huge, and, huge amount, Quinny. I, I agree with you, mate. I think I think it's the best English pack 
they put out in the tournament. And I think sure. in the la- in the last number of years, Matt, I- I've looked at the Irish teams and gone to Twickenham and I've said, "This is this is tricky. This is hard. I can- I find it hard to see us winning. I see us. I see us having the ability to win this one and a lot more confident. That doesn't guarantee your results. You know, it's it's about their mindset and stuff, how they react. Italy didn't do us any or that any favors that performance. We we needed a more you know, sustained, pressurised game in, in, in there from Italy. So um, Ireland need to hit the ground running here. They need to start well in Twickenham and be on the front foot early on and, and be the ones controlling the tempo. Easier said than done, but Artemi thinks from a quality point of view, Ireland are in a really good position here. I'm confident they can do well. But there's another part of me nervous that England are going to you really try and make it hell for them. Can I spin that on its head too, Alan? All the things you said about England is exactly the same for Ireland. I see this as a really pivotal game for this Irish team. Like, you go to Twickenham, you get a win there. Wow, you got the wind in your sails. You're going, you know, you'll boot Scotland at home next week. You go to New Zealand. I think this team, if they win against England, they're capable of pulling off a test match win in New Zealand, maybe that first test. And look how that sets up 2023 for the World Cup. You lose at Twickenham and you don't get that wind in yourselves and you don't pick up a win in New Zealand. You go four on the trot getting beaten. That that means you're going to 2023 with a completely different wave of momentum. So I, I think for both sides, Twickenham is a momentous day. Yeah, as you say, so much on the line for both teams. As we've got to move on to tomorrow night, Wales v France. France still going for the Grand Slam. Um, are they just too good and too strong? Are they going to play England going for that Grand Slam four in a row games and going for the fifth next weekend? Or can Wales cause a problem? I think Wales are in better fettle than they, they, than they have been, obviously, the start of the tournament. Um, they have a little bit of continuity there. Uh, he's made some changes this week, some good players. Navidi coming back in. John Davies goes into 12, which is an interesting selection. Um, his form hasn't been great in the last, uh, you know, last number of months. Um, I, I think they can trouble him. I think I really thought Scotland had uh, opportunities, particularly just before half time when they had a clear line break. Um, didn't get to try. A uh, minute or two later, France go up score before half time. Uh, changes the whole complexion of the game. Um, Scotland were bruised and battered at the end, and France just totally outmuscled them. Um, can Wales do better? Well, it's a Friday night in in the Principality Stadium. Um, it's a big scalp for Wales if they can get this result. A really, really tall order. Um, I think France are at a different level at the moment from a mental point of view, and you know French teams on the road a number of years ago were uh, brittle. Uh, made lots of mistakes and and just didn't show the same intensity that they showed home. But this group is different, and uh, it's going to be very, very, very difficult for Wales to stop them. But on paper, when you look at the teams, does you know Wales look strong? They look uh, much better, as I said, than than they were at the start of the tournament. And I think they can cause they can cause France problems. But the big challenge is, you know, you let France get on the front foot. Getting over the gain line, quick ball, uh, very hard to stop their big forwards and their runners. So, uh, 
when Pivak will want to have a strategy and get the Jenkins, the defence coach, how do you stop them on the gain line, double up, slow their ball down a little bit? Because France kick a lot, kick a huge amount. Uh, they kick a lot up the middle of the field and they want to get into this kick tennis thing. And then, you know, they, they get a chance. And, and of course, they have individual brilliance and they have a sniff of a gap and they go through it and they get quick ball and DuPont can just make something happen. We saw that with this in Scotland when ball kicked up the middle of the field by Finn Russell. Poor chase. Darcy Graham got a little bit sloppy and lazy, and Dupont is gone, and you know they're back in under the post a couple of you know minutes later. So you've got to be spot on with your defence, and their only chance I think on Friday night is to frustrate France and slow them down. Easier said than done, but France are certainly in the driving seat, and it's hard to see anyone stopping them at this stage. Yeah, Matt, well, which which way do you see this one going? I know you're a big, big fan of this French team. I, I think you said over the last 18 months or however long, how much they've improved and how good they're going to get. Yeah, I think the win against Scotland was was a, a very significant match for that group uh, in their development. Um, they they have had a history since in the last three years as a young group of losing test matches that everyone thought they should win. They lost to England in the uh, uh, the pandemic autumn series, the Autumn Cup, I think it was called, in that final, in the last minute. They lost to England um, again. They lost to the, uh, in, the, in the Six Nations the other year. They lost to the Wallabies in the um, second test after full time. They lost to Scotland in Paris after full time. So there's, they have this, uh, or had this vulnerability. And the way the, in fact, the, the emphatic victory at Murrayfield, you could just see almost the mature in front of your eyes as a group. So the fact they've got that win under their belt at Murrayfield will stand them in good stead. However, going to the Principality Stadium on a nighttime game, it, it, it always favours Wales and they are so hard to throw uh, in, in Cardiff. And I think it'll be a really close game. I think it'll be much closer than a lot of people are saying. I think the thing that, that you can't uh, legislate for in the French side is just the individual brilliance they got. You know, you you you, you saw uh, Fiku get the ball in the Scottish 22 and he's on the first goalpost running, running from left to right. So he's got another 40 metres and he just goes around the whole... The defenders bumps off everyone and scores a try. <coughs> you see Finno going to touch. He throws it back inside to his loose head prop, who throws it back inside to Malfano and they score a try. Like, you, you can't legislate for that. No defensive system stops that because they've just got this genius about them. So I think the genius, my, my, my um, experience of playing against genius is you can't stop it. And if it comes out, France will win that game. Uh, and, and be set up for a grand slam at home the following week against England. Yeah, um, the French physicality, obviously Ireland, but also against Scotland. It was unbelievable, wasn't it? You know, the two-man tackles and how good they are at the breakdown. Yeah, it's it's just constant pressure and uh, it's difficult to counteract that. I think the best the best way, um, you know, and Scotland just gave the ball back to France very easily. Um, you get a couple of chances, a couple of opportunities, and if you can... If you can build phases, well, you would hope that you can get some opportunities. And, uh, you know, Scotland, as I said, 
just before half time should have scored a try um didn't take that and they concede one up the other end of the field just before half time so um for wales it's about if there's opportunities present themselves take them um front up try and impose yourself get the crowd behind you and um you know dan bigger putting the ball in the right areas uh Falatau, i thought he was outstanding in 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 uh in cardiff navidi maybe slowing up some of their breakdown and just stopping francis flow and be patient then in the kicking game i think two years ago um this game in in cardiff um uh they got an intercept try and i think that was the it was intermac who got the intercept when wales were on the attack and they kind of gifted wales a uh, gifted france two tries that day and ended up losing the game by four points so small margins but i, I i'd be confident that wales um will certainly put it up to france and uh but i think there's a lot of experience now and there's a lot of confidence in this french side and um they're a very intelligent side um they control the tempo of the game very very well and and they pounce at opportunities when they present themselves but um wales it'll be interesting sean edwards going back there to 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 cardiff again and um you know he had so much success over wales and met him such a brilliant defensive side it's exactly what wales need tomorrow night get off the line and, and smash france and close them down and hope they can force some mistakes out of them yeah, well, it'll be interesting. We will see if they can go four from four and set up that Grand Slam against England. But Matt, last game of the weekend to talk about mm. Italy v Scotland. <laughs> Is this the Italians' chance to finally break that duck in the Six Nations and get a win? Oh, well, you know, I think there's two parts of that, Stu. Everyone wants Italy to win except the team they're playing. <laughs> no one wants to be that team that breaks the duck, do they? Um I, look, I, I gotta say, against Ireland, you know the fast that 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 the laws produced in that game. I, I saw something in this Italian side that I haven't seen for a long time, and and Alan will know this. When when the game throws outrageous adversity at you, which rugby does, the game is designed to do that um, because it came out of a school to teach people about adversity. So the whole game is designed at times to really make your life hard. And what you're seeing sometimes is they quit. And I've seen Italian teams quit. But against Ireland, they didn't quit, even though it was impossible. When they were down to 12 men, they still didn't quit. Uh, you, you know, their, Lamara, their captain, has topped the tackle count in the Six Nations. He was superb at the breakdown. And they tackled their heart out at periods against Ireland. And then someone would make a crazy error and Ireland would score a try. But I saw a change in attitude. So I don't know, I don't believe that's enough to say Scotland, you know, they're going to lose. I don't mean that at all. But I, I, I did see something there where I hope that Italy get angry. You know, they get, they get say, I'm not just not putting up with this crap anymore. And their captain, by example, is saying to people, you know, I'm not accepting that from you anymore. You've got to make your tackles. Because it's defence that, that is killing Italy. There's a few other things, but... If you don't get your do right, it doesn't matter what you do with the rest of it. So I did see a bit there. And I've got to also say, Scotland did the opposite. Against Scotland were right in that game up until Stuart Hogg dropped the ball with about 45 seconds or, or a minute. I think it was 45 seconds. It might have been a little bit more. It might have been a minute and 45 seconds before half time. If Stuart Hogg takes that ball and scores a try, momentum shifts. Scotland are in the driving seat. Instead, he drops it. Fafana goes down they, down the other end, they score. Just right on half time. Game changed. 
but then Scotland did throw the towel in. That's that's the difference. Now, here you've got one side, the Italian side, so we just copped the hiding, but we didn't quit. We fought, we, and we took something out of that adversity where Scotland said, oh, hang on a minute, we, we didn't – we actually turned our toes up here the last 30 minutes. So it's, it's, it's going to be a very, very interesting game. And, and I, can't, I can't tell you what I'm going to say. What should happen? Scotland have a lot better players. So Scotland should win. But that Italian side, it might just be the spark that they need to start taking steps forward. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Alan, have you seen enough from this Italian side to upset the apple cart and win in Rome? Um, probably not. Not enough consistency. I think uh, they showed incredible fight against Ireland, but it was damage limitation stuff. Uh, Matt, Matt mentioned the captain there, Lamaro, outstanding player. Um, Garbisi is a very good player. Ioani on the wing is dangerous. Uh, Pierre Bruno, who went off, so they have some good players. He went off when that when the sending off happened, or when um, the sending off happened, and uh, they had to reduce the, the go down to thirteen men. There is some good players there. Um, I just think there's there's no consistency in performance, and I think that's that's the issue. Can they put together eighty men of performance and beat Scotland? Um, I don't know. It's seven years since they won a game in the Six Nations. Uh, it was against Scotland. It was in Murrayfield. Um, they won 22-19, I think. Can they win one in Rome? Well, everybody bar, if you, unless you're from Scotland, would, would love to see Italy um, get back on track and be really competitive in Six Nations um, and maybe win a game at the weekend. I have lots of Scottish friends, so they won't be happy with me saying that. But... Um, are they good enough to do it? Well, it's very hard to see. I think that, you know, Scotland will be trying to bounce back. Um, I think they'll be really disappointed with the way the second half went against France. Desperately disappointed with what happened in Cardiff. Um, so I think they're, 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 there's some very good players in this Scottish side. I'm glad that he's retained Rory Darge. I thought he was outstanding against France. Hamish Watson is back. Matt Fagerson is back. Um, still issues with that Scottish side, particularly up front. Um, Sam Johnson is back in the centre. So I think there's enough experience and quality in, in, in the Scottish side to, to comfortably win the game. 
I just think the biggest problem for, for Italy is that consistency. They can do some very, very good things, maybe build five, six, seven phases, and then they come up with an error or mistake. Somebody gets isolated, um, and that's been the problem. But there's a sense, and I agree a lot with Matt says, um, what they did against Ireland with 13 men and 12 men for the last five minutes when Bram Stain was yellow carded, you'd have to have a lot of admiration for that, the fight they showed. But it's down to quality and and, and Kier, what Kieran Crowley will try and implement. Um, you know, it's it's taking them to a different level, making sure their discipline is right, their catch pass, their accuracy, all that kind of stuff. They're below the top tier nations at the moment, unfortunately. Matt, a final one on this. For the good of rugby and the good of the Six Nations, we need this one to be close, don't we? Yeah, we do. We do. Look, we... we... You want competition. You want you want teams to win grand slams and earn it, you know, and be exciting. Like it's what France is doing is exciting, and you, and you look at Ireland and England, you know, really fighting it out. Wales, they were poor the first game; they got better. Scotland were great the first game; they they fallen apart a little bit, but they're highly competitive. And no one expects Italy to come out and do up, you know, just with the numbers of players and where the sport is there, but. You know, getting beaten by fifty every week. You know that's not good for anyone. It's not good. It's not good for the media. It's not good for the for the competition. It's horrible. It must be absolutely horrible for the Italian players, and it's not good for rugby in the country. So we they they need to to get leadership on the field and to pull and to fight, and and that's what I liked about the other week. What Alan said, if they if they fight their guts out, you can put up with that because you go, wow, you know that's you can see something there. But but what's been happening up to this date's been so awful for everyone to commentate on, to watch, and 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 for the players on both sides. And the game, the England, the England game was a was a horrible game, you know, England, Italy, and Rome. So again, for their own sake and their own pride, they really need to come out and have a real dig in uh, in Rome this weekend. Yeah, hopefully we will see them deliver at least a pretty good performance. Anyway, lads, what are we saying? Predictions, please. Alan, we'll start with you. Predictions, yeah. I'm uh, hang me out to dry first. Um, uh, la, 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 let me see. It's a, bit, it's a bit of a lottery, isn't it? I'm, I'm going to go Wales, Ireland, Scotland. Woo. And Matt, go on. You had a bit of time there to think. Well, we're, we're together with Scotland and Ireland, but uh, I think the French are on track for a Grand Slam. So France and Cardiff. Brilliant. I'm just so, picking. I'm just picking Wales because I want them to be France. It'll probably be France, but I'm still going to say just Wales. It may, you never know; it might happen then. And, and I'll be saying, Matt, I told you so. <laughs> like you always do, Quinny. Like or, or else you'd just be laughing at me, saying, "Why did you pick Wales?" Because France are an incredible side. To be fair, you've been saying that to me for twenty years. You know. <laughs> well, just for all, we hope Wales win. And lads, you can tune in. Obviously, everyone on Saturday at half one for Italy v Scotland. And lads, thanks as always for your time and we'll catch you again next week. Pleasure, Stu. Cheers, sir. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.